Our scripture today comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now it happens as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. You're 
again It's times like these Give and give again It's times like these You learn to love again It's times like these Time, time again Let's join together in prayer Precious and loving God, we thank you for all the ways that you display your presence in our lives. Precious God, we thank you for all the ways that you move and transform us, all the ways that you inspire us to respond to your being. Precious God, be with us in this time of conversation. And in your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. Today, as we look at the scripture, we look at a theorem of what it means to be gracious about things, what it means to move into life with a good, pure, open heart of gratitude. I want us to think about that as we look at the blessings that exist in our lives that come from the actions of Jesus Christ, the actions of God through living in the being of his loving son. And I want us to think about the many and varying ways that we respond to that love. I want to share with you a narrative. I want to use a quote with you at this time to talk about the many varying ways that we respond to grace. Dave Grohl is a musician that I enjoy quite a bit. Dave Grohl has been a drummer in different bands. He has been a, a drummer at times for the comedy band Tenacious D. He's been a drummer for bands like Queens of the Stone Age. But Dave Grohl is quite possibly better known as being the drummer of a 90s grunge band called Nirvana as well as the lead singer and lead guitarist of the band, the current band, the Foo Fighters. Now, Nirvana and the Foo Fighters probably are, are a couple of more recognizable names than maybe Queens of the Stone Age, but or some of us may know Tenacious D if you're a big fan of Jack Black, the comedian actor Jack Black. But Dave Grohl's music has had a, a significant impact in my life, and... Uh, his music is something that has caught my attention in many varying different ways. Now, Kurt Cobain is the, wrote most of the music of Nirvana, was a motivating force behind Nirvana, so I'm going to say that, but most of my conversation today is going to be about Dave Grohl. But I remember the first time that I heard Teen Spirit, it's a Nirvana song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, came out in the early 90s. And one of the things that I kind of dealt with in the late 80s was this influx of, of hairband metal that was not really my bag. I, I did not like hairband metal. I was able to find some enjoyment in music from Van Halen, some enjoyment in music from Bon Jovi. But there was sort of this uh, symptomatic, this boxed music prototype of big hair and, and makeup. And it had the same 
kind of sound of music, the hair band rock and roll that kind of had control of rock music in the, the late 80s. I Actually, I found myself going backwards in music more than forwards at that time frame, uh, leaning more into The Who and um, Kiss and and the Beatles and the, some of the bands from the 60s and the 70s when hair bands just kind of started taking controls of things. Now, I realized I just made a statement about hair bands and makeup and then a minute that I listened to Kiss. So I do hear the hypocrisy in some of the statements that I am making. But then somewhere in the early 90s, there, there came this noise out of Seattle that changed music. It caught my attention. And I remember watching MTV and there was this music video, Smells Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. And it was this high school pep rally. It was just out of control high school pep rally. And it wasn't the imagery that I was seeing in this video that caught my attention. It was the sound of the music that was radically different than any Thing else that I was listening to at that time. It wasn't the boxed prototype hairband music. It was something new and it really caught my attention. Well, with Chris Novoselic on bass and Kurt Cobain, the songwriter, lead musician, and this wild drummer in the background named Dave Grohl. That music caught my attention and it gave me something to respond to. I started listening to Nirvana and it wasn't just that one song. They had this ability of making music sound different and even making their own music sound different than other songs that they played before them. And Nirvana really started to catch my attention. It gave me something new to respond to in the world of popular current music, like I shared, I I wasn't a, a Striper or or Wasp fan, a hairband music. I I went back in time and went to the Who and the Beatles and and so forth. The Monkeys, the Monkey. <laughs> For me to praise the Nirvana as much as I have, I I'm, I sit here and then I talk about the Monkeys as being probably my all-time greatest rock and roll band, and that's fa- if there's ever been an example of fabricated rock and roll music, it's the Monkeys. But it is I like it. But Nirvana stepped out of what was the current phrase of fabricated music and really caught my attention. Unfortunately, uh, when I was in my early years of, of college, I, I, we lost Kurt Cobain, and it was a very sad moment. But Dave Grohl, I found a new heart for music, uh, developed this band called the Foo Fighters. And the Foo Fighters is not just music that I listen to right now, but it's music that I get to share with my daughter. So there's this quote that I want to share with you. Uh, that's from Dave Grohl, and it's a really, really beautiful quote, and it's about music. It's about the power of music. Dave Grohl was is once quoted as saying that music is the only thing that exists that I can sing out to 50,000 people one song and get 50,000 different responses back. I want to share this quote with you again 
Music is the only thing that exists that I can sing out to 50,000 people and I get 50,000 different responses back. I agree with Dave a lot. Now, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to disagree with him just a little bit because within this disagreement, it's not just music that does that. Anything that we find a compassionate response to, we respond to it in different ways, radically different ways. And many times when we respond to it, it's a way that we can agree with with those around us and sometimes we find disagreements within our responses because we don't agree with the way someone else's responds even though they may be responding with the same deep love as we are i want to talk about that and i want to look at the scripture with mary and martha they have jesus in their house and they both in this narrative are responding to Christ. Now, Christ shares some things about one way or another, and that's okay. But for this conversation, I want to propose this theorem that is a reality, that we respond in many varying ways to the presence of grace. And even though that we may not respond the same way as someone else, and even though the way that we respond may be so radically different than another person, that other people may get mad at us because of how we are responding. But deep down, somewhere, we are all responding with the same deep-seated love as everyone else. I chose this Dave Grohl narrative for a reason, and I, I love this narrative because it's something that I hope that we can reach into. I, we see in the scripture this uh, um, uh, there, this moments of the tattletale-isms that exist in our lives because we both want to be acknowledged for the way that we are responding to something that's deep and important to us. It's deep and important to us. Our response to it is deep and, and important. And, and it feels good to have that response acknowledged sometimes. But in other times, we see individuals who have a deep-hearted response to something they respond to it so radically different than we do. We receive within it a challenge that maybe that we're not responding properly. So we either fight back against it or we take a moment to sit back and weigh out why do they respond differently and what's the benefits and the blessings from that. So instead of the uh, running to Jesus to complain narrative that, that does exist in the scripture, I want to go back to the narrative that Dave, Dave Grohl shares in this statement. This music is one thing, and I'm going to modify it a little bit. Music is one thing that exists that I can sing out to 50,000 people and they respond back to me in fifty for 50,000 different reasons. And what I like about this narrative is how that you display it and see it being lived out and how even though that we may respond to one song or another for a different reason, we still see the same celebration taking place. And 
We don't always see that in faith matters. We don't always see that in the scripture. We see the challenge that one person is doing a lot and another person is sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. And we see this combative response to what's going on. And it's one person trying to do their best for Christ and another person trying to do their best for Christ. And it's so contradictory their responses that it becomes combative in in the way that they react to each other while they're doing it. And we see that in faith life. We see so many dear souls that have been turned off of faith who have turned away from faith because of the visual combative response of individuals saying, you don't respond to Christ the way that I do, so you're doing it wrong. That is a narrative that exists in this scripture, and it is a narrative that I see quite frequently anymore. Instead of being a part of the conversations and finding the common ground, instead of being in places that one can share the benefits of being the active servant and the other can share the benefits of sitting at the feet of the master and hearing the blessings of the master's story. Instead of trying to finding the common ground and God bless, even maybe finding ways to blend those practices together into a, this new, more fruitful practice, we begin to see this combative narrative, and that combative narrative still exists. But why? here's why I picked this Dave Kroll quote, where that some friends may look at faith from the outside's perspective and see individuals fighting against each other about who lives and loves Christ in the right and proper way. I have had the blessing of going to... Foo Fighter concerts, and I've had the, the blessings of, I, I saw the monkeys, I, I got to see uh, Mike and Davey, no I did not, I got to see Mike, Mickey and Peter, it was a concert tour just after Davey Jones passed away, and I have since seen again Mike and Mickey after Peter passed away, just before Mike passed away, and when I go to these concerts, when I've been to concerts like going to see the Foo Fighters, when I've been to concerts to see the Monkees, when I have gone to varying concerts, everything from the Foo Fighters to Arlo Guthrie, and with all within all of these settings, if you look at it from the outside, you can see the commonality. You can see the power of a love of music. And even though that at an Arlo Guthrie concert, somebody might hear coming into Los Angeles and have one person likes the musical quality of it and the other people like that 1960s smugglers uh, narrative that exists in it when somebody's at a, a Foo Fighters uh, concert and they hear Learn to Fly and they respond to it in one way and another person responds to it in another when I was at the Monkees concert just after Davy Jones passed away and some of us sang Daydream Believer with a heart of man, I really love this song. And others of us sang it with a heart of man, I miss Davy Jones. There's all these different reasons. But when you look outside, you see the commonality. Well, if you look at this scripture for how it's laid out, 
you don't see the commonality. You see the combative response. You see one that does one thing that's active, one that does another thing, and it's responsive. It's sitting there. It's listening. It's receiving. Both of them are strong, powerful responses, but it's it's between the doing and the not doing that it becomes this combative narrative, and then it becomes the, the loss of well, how can we do these together? And the moral loss of Christ, tell me who loves you more. That makes me sad. Because we get lost in the who Christ loves who more because we all want to be Christ's favorite kids. We want to be the one that makes the best dinner and cleans up the kitchen and has everything in place and prim and proper. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we want so badly to be the good kid that it's all that matters. And that's where the problem sets in. There's nothing wrong with being the active servant. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with giving our best and our absolute most. There is nothing wrong with that. Until the narrative becomes, you don't do it, so you're wrong. And we see that narrative in the scripture. There's another end of it, too. There's a harm that exists. There's a true harm that exists if we just jump up and do something without investigating it. There's a true harm that exists if we just run out and run into a fire without investigating it. I have seen too many dear friends be hurt because individuals have not gone through the active learning of sitting at the feet and receiving information, investigating and learning and weighing things against each other, to learn the proper actions and the proper channels. And sometimes the best thing that we can do is to be like the other sister and sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and listen and grow and learn and understand so that we can understand what's actually happening. But unfortunately, instead of being the individuals that learn and grow and get the information and go out and do what's right, unfortunately, then applying it, being the active hands and feet, we get stuck in these struggles. And we get stuck in these fights. And within the narrative of Dave Grohl, we become the ones that we're not only one of the 50,000 responding back in 50,000 different ways, but we almost, we get the narrative flipped over. We get the narrative flipped over. This beautiful phrasing that says, music is the only thing that I can share with 50,000 different people that causes them to respond 50,000 different ways. And that's a beauty. It's what faith should be. To say something that expire, inspires so many different people that it touches their hearts and then equips them to be who they are and to go out and to serve and to care in ways that they know and understand properly and healthily and helpfully and be these caregivers, and they may go out in their own path, but they're doing it with their own knowledge and their own experiences, and they're doing it in a helpful way. But too frequently, 
I've heard this narrative flipped around. And we want 50,000 people to have one common voice. And if they don't have that one common voice, there's one wrong that they are fumbling in. That's the reverse of this statement, but it's what I see too frequently. If you don't pray, serve, act, study the way that I do, then the combative spirit sets in. And it's not what Christ came to do. Christ came to tear down boundaries to set people free to be servants in a brand new, exciting way. Christ went to the ones who were told that they weren't good enough. They, they studied wrong. They prayed wrong. They lived wrong. They loved wrong to show them that that's not true. To bring validity to lives that were pushed aside. As we look at the combative spirit between ones, one that sits and listens and one who gets up and moves, that combative spirit brings hurt. And that hurt is radically contrary to what Christ came to preach and share. I want to give you a challenge as the light shines on my face at this very dear moment. I want to challenge you in this narrative. I want you to look at your faith life. I want you to think of places that you're comfortable in, that you serve very easily, and I want you to celebrate those things, and I want you to go forth and do good. But I also want you to see some radical things that are taking place in this world, some radically beautiful actions of faith that are taking place that are truly transforming other lives, and not look at it through combative eyes, and saying, because I can't do that, or I don't agree with that, or God bless, I don't understand it. Um, it doesn't mean it's wrong. But it could be this beautiful narrative. That Christ is the one that sang the one song of grace that touches 50,000 different souls. And we are all empowered to beautifully respond in 50,000 different ways. Hold on to that narrative. Thank you for listening to me. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.